Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Welcome back to the Overnight Crowd here on SEN. Crystal clear through the SEN app and, of course, through your digital radio dials. Paul Sebastiani here with you, bringing you up to 3 a.m. across the eastern coast. And, well, it was a cracking Guineas day. It did not disappoint at all. I think we saw one of the great wait-for-age contests we've seen in quite some time. And to dissect it all is Ralph Horowitz from Racetrack. Ralphie, a very good evening to you, Ralphie. It was... uh, Geez, it, it was some Group One racing on Saturday at the Heath, wasn't it? Hundred percent. If you uh, if you watch that race, the Dynamo one, and you weren't moved by it, well, just horse races not for you. That's right. I'm thinking of that security guard that you spoke to on the uh, Friday afternoon. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't think he knew there was a race meeting going on on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, well, for those who uh, missed my security, no, I uh, I went to the track to walk it because it had been some rain and. I said, I, I said, what are you doing? I said, I'm, I'm here to walk the track. And they said, which track? And I said, I think from there, it's probably <laughs> probably time I got back in the car. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But uh, all right, let, let's get into this might and power race. Let, let's just let's just get stuck into into what Animo did, what On Thunderstruck did, and Zaki did. And there there were some interesting runs in behind as well. But um, I think at, at the point of the corner, I think a lot of punters who had backed Animo were thinking, oh God, geez, what's What's going on here? He sort of seemed to wobble. J-Mac pulled the stick, but what he did in the last 250, 300 metres to knuckle down and win the race, was it, it, it looked like the stuff of stuff of superstars. Absolutely. So they didn't go overly quickly, hence the compressed finish at the end. Um, the, the, the two things that when we discussed it on, on overnight on uh, before the meeting was there, was there was a little issue... And when I say issue, the, the stewards up in Sydney said he was three out of five lane. Um, I took the, the the crazy position that maybe a organisation that's got a $50 million horse might only <laughs> run it if it was healthy. So, <laughs> but I've got to admit, when it wobbled around the turn, and I heard Dwayne Dunn say this on Racing.com as well, afterwards, of course, uh, when they're doing the analysis, you know, hang on, is that the elephant in the room? So... Yeah, he, he did wobble, and uh, and I thought, hang on, is this horse okay? Mm. And the amazing thing is, you now we've looked at uh, Vince Cardi's data, who's, who uh, clocks him, and uh, the horse actually fastest point was from the 400 to 200. So all I can think is that from the 400 to 300, he's wobbling, and then he's produced a Usain Bolt like <laughs> <laughs> um, So it's just an amazing uh, race. Uh, on Thunderstruck was fantastic. We know he's fantastic. So he won the Turak last year, won the Gold Legal. I, I still don't know what he can do at a fast 2000 Cox plate. But let's not assume that it's going to be a fast race because, of course, if it's a small field, maybe maybe it will be again. There's not a great deal of depth uh, coming from overseas. So um, he, he's, he's there as well. They all ran well. Now, I, I can make up stories, but in the end, they all ran well. The one, the one, I suppose the disappointing horse in the market was Alligator Blood. Mm-hmm. I reckon he needs it rock hard. I reckon that just proves he needs it. Very firm ground. Yeah, yeah, it would, it would seem that way as well. He, he sort of had it on his own terms out in front, but just was, yeah. was sort of walloped in the last sort of 50 to 100. Let, let's have... Okay, so Animo did what he did. He's a favourite now for the Cox Plate and clear outright favourite. Zaki and I'm Thunderstruck. We all know they're going there with... Alligator blood. There were a few runs in behind that are going to have some direct ramifications, I think, on the Caulfield Cup this weekend. Namely, 
Nonconformist and Benno. Now, I had Benno as one of my better roughies uh, in the race, and I, I thought he ran really, really well. What, what were what were the numbers of Benno and Nonconformist sort of heading towards the Caulfield Cup? They look to be live chances, I would say, more, more so Benno, I think. I agree with you 100%. Mm-hmm. And what we saw in the AJC Derby last year was it was on a very wet track. Mm-hmm. That was his only 2,400 run of his career. So the blinkers went on Saturday to sharpen him up and to uh, give himself every opportunity. Now, one of the million things I've sort of learned working with Vince is that um, the ideal run for a quick backup is when it's not a high-pressure race. Mm-hmm. So it actually brings you on fitness-wise rather than flattens you. So it wasn't a high-pressure race. So really, you've got a horse whose previous personal best was in the derby. Uh, it was his only 2,400 run. Comes into a 2,400 race. There's rain predicted, and we know he likes to rain. And it's a perfect platform for a quick backup. So, yeah, I think he's in the race up to his ears. And can't rule out non-conformance, as you said. And last year, well, he was well beaten by incentivised, but I've got a feeling uh, if uh, if incentivised was in the form of last year, mm. he'd... He this field as well. <laughs> it seems that way. So, looks like this race is going to be a big, uh, a big player in some of these massive features coming up in the next few weeks. Speaking of feature races, Caulfield Guineas. Well, look, we know the Blue Army dominated pretty much all day, but uh, Golden Mile. This was just pretty much a case of perfect barrier. Map was perfect, and there was a bit of a query on whether he could run out the mile, just given his breeding and stuff. But. Uh, he was he was the map horse and the market. I mean, if you look across the totes, he was absolutely smashed, and uh, he proved why why James Cummings just just knows how to get this job done with regards to Group One winning Colts. Well, true. Uh, I've got to say they've, they've run really slow time, so mm. probably you know as as moderate as we've seen for ten years. I always try to work out why. I mean, the tempo, I suppose, was moderate. We've got apples to apples comparison with the Turek that we'll get to, and the Turek was a much faster run race. It was always It'll be slower overall, but yeah, I, I think I think at this stage it's a pretty plain crop. The one horse yeah. I probably want to follow for this spring though is uh, Aussie Penko. Uh, it was just in an impossible position. Showed a bit of talent in the uh, in the winter for Chris Waller, and the real theme that we had with these two year olds of, of the now three was that there weren't really any standouts. So we expected the the good good races to be won by sort of left field. Uh, horses and so far that's been the case i mean you, you had um sorry the, the exception was jack and o who yep. who um who uh, was just a, an immature sort of horse the blue diamond but um but yeah golden miles come through with bella at maiden and osipenko as i said through the middle of winter but i think he's ready to really launch that horse so he might be the three-year-old to follow uh, from this particular group i think mr maestro might uh is, is still the testing material but he's, he's still the one to follow from that Place. Okay, so Osipenko for Chris Waller, the one to potentially follow. Uh, Turek Handicap, well, it seems to, to the eye they went lickety-split. What did they do on the numbers? And Tuvalu, obviously the winner, and uh, had a beautiful run in transit and uh, just really elevated from, from his run in the Sir Rupert Clark three weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, terrific training performance. Jared Fly got his first group one win. Perfect ride. The pressure was on. But the thing is, uh, I had a bit of banter with someone who knows his stuff on, on Twitter about this. And I think you you banter here. on Twitter? No, no way. Well, well this was actually banter. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a bit of words about it. We ended up actually we're arguing about something we were agreeing on. So here, there was, there's some people who think that pressure is putting a horse out of its comfort zone. I just sort of call pressure as in fast. Mm-hmm. So 
the the gentleman Roy went fast. That suits that horse. Tuvalu went fast. Military expert went fast, and it suited all those horses. And it got others out of their comfort zone. You, you never stop learning in this caper, and I was so keen on I wish I win. And after the race, I thought you idiots because. That Sandown win was so phenomenal, mm. and it was off a few weeks between runs. It was high pressure. He busted the clock. He did everything. So uh, it, it was such a, a big performance. And then 13 days later, he's in the Turak, and he's gone from a high-pressure race to a high-pressure race. Now, I just said to you about why I like Benno on the quick backup off the slow tempo. Well, the numbers actually made a good case afterwards. And, you know, there's two ways of looking at races afterwards. You know, you can... Pat yourself on the back and be happy if you get it right. But if you get it wrong, you're going to go back to the well and work out why. And this is, this is why we got it wrong. We just uh, underestimated the, the flatness reality. So um, I'm very confident. I wish I wins the best horse in that race. Yep. Uh, that doesn't doesn't get you far on a tram ticket. No. <laughs> no, it doesn't. We, we never stop learning. But, uh, but don't, don't let me take anything away from the winner. It was, it was terrific. But he's trained for that race. Uh, he had a short break through the winter. So uh, I don't think he's got any improvement to come, and that probably means he's, that might be his, his Group 1 win for the spring or for his career, but um, that won't worry if you're an owner. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, let's wind back a few races as well. The Scalacci Stakes, it was uh, Godolphin domination again, Pulele. Uh Well, he, he copped a whack to the face, I think, at the 200-metre mark as he was going through his gap, but... Uh, What's he done on the numbers? He's, he's hard in the market now for the Manicato, uh, which is coming up just before Cox Plate Day. Uh, is that justified based on what he did in the Scalacci on Saturday? Oh, 100%. I mean, I, I think he would have been pretty competitive if I ran him in the Everest. So if you don't follow racing that closely, the, you know, Godolphin's still a breeding operation. Um, it's not they want to win everything, but their Everest slot, I don't think, would be as important to them as winning a Group 1 race. So because the Everest, even though it's the best sprint race in Australia, for other people can work, work out what well, I want to argue about that, but um, it just is. So, But it hasn't got Group 1 status. So if Paul wins the uh, Manicato for, I assume it's $1 million compared to a $15 million race, it's actually worth more to Godolphin because mm-hmm. as a stallion, he's then got a Group 1 win next to his name. So hence he's going to Mooney Valley. Uh, ingratiating was okay. I don't think he's in the same hemisphere as these horses on Saturday that he'll be meeting. So I wouldn't want to be following him out of that. The one little one, I think that in the boat, if it gets to a dry track, it might be very hard to beat going forward. But he needs a dry track, so he guessed right out there. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Paul Early was super, and I expect him to win the uh, Manicato, assuming the track's playing even on the night. Okay, there we go. So maybe a little asterisk on uh, in the boat. Now, this is one that I really wanted to, to hone in on. It, well, I think it was race number two. It was the weekend hustler race, Ralphie. And this is one that you and Vince, this is where the data that you guys look at and all the race analysis and the sectionals at Vince Clocks and the idea that, oh, you know, when, when leaders go fast out in front, then they drop banker and then they go again, you know, it's it's giving the leaders a breather. Now, we saw what happened in this race. They went out hard early, dropped anchor mid-race, but it was Cardinal Gem who had the momentum up and was able to whip around the outside of the field and, and win this race. What, what did the numbers say? Uh, in in race number two at Caulfield, because to the eye it looked like a pretty brutal anchor drop. Uh, that's exactly what happened. So the best way analogy, you know, if you if your listeners is um, is if you're driving on a freeway and all of a sudden you you hit the brakes and you're going 100 kilometres an hour and someone behind is going 100 kilometres an hour, uh, let's say in a different lane, so he doesn't run up your backside, but um, that 
and, and he's uh, the, the driver, he or she, um, <laughs> is just going at an even at, at an even um, uh, speed as we all normally do when we're driving our car. But if for no reason you hit the brakes with no one behind you, so they don't run up your backside, and then press the accelerator again, you're not going to get straight back to the speed you were going, right? Mm-hmm. So that's really it, it's it's actually exactly the same dynamic. So if a horse is going fast and then the jockey just um, tugs on it a bit too hard and gets it to overdo its 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 loss of speed. It's a very hard thing for a horse to pick up momentum. Whereas, so in that situation, you want to be on the horse that's got closing speed. And you know, it's it's a bit of a science that Vince has certainly brought in. The old school clocking was, uh, and I'm talking about masters, by the way. I'm not knocking him in any way, but they 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 used to sort of pretty much say the race started at the 600, so it was prior to the 600 and the 600 home, and Vince is sort of breaking the race into three sections, which is to the 800 and then 800 to 400 and 400 home. So in that mid-race, if you're going fast and faster, it's leader advantage like the Turek. If you're going fast and then slow, it's it's back marker advantage because the back markers aren't losing momentum whereas the horses up front are. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, that's that's a per- perfect, way to, perfect way to analyse that race and perfect way to analyse races like that in the long run. So for those punters out there who are looking at that race thinking, oh, why did the leaders not kick on with it? That's that's exactly why. So uh, speaking of very impressive performances, there's two races uh, to keep an eye on that we'll finish up with. Uh, King's Gambit in the first. Now, look, I'm, I know it's early season, two-year-old form, and you kind of take it with a grain of salt. But, uh, yeah, Peter and Paul Snowden's two-year-old Colt uh, look pretty impressive, I think. And I don't think Blake Shin... Uh, I don't think he has really any argument to get a riding fee after what he did on that horse. Yeah, how many jockeys have you met? I guarantee you he'll be getting the riding fee. <laughs> I don't know how religious they are, but I know what their god is. Uh, so, it's, it's called cash. Uh, no, good on him. Um, so, yeah, no, this, is, this was good. This was really good. And what I could probably ascertain is very, very rarely do spring two-year-olds run the time that this horse did, mm-hmm. and particularly from Sydney stables. And I think it's because they're huge, they're, they're big wet, which has just been terrible up there. I think they just said, let's put it, send it south and find a good good track to uh, to uh, kick off its career. So it actually it, it is a real deal. I uh, don't know about the others. But well, actually, the others around the type of playing time that you expect from two-year-olds this time of year, they just haven't got the skeletal strength to do it, generally. Yep. Yep. But this is the uh, this is the kid in under-12s who uh, who um, is just got to head and shoulders above everyone else because, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's got a deeper voice and he starts shaving all <laughs> you know Exactly right. I think that's a great, great way of looking at that race. Uh, let's have a look at another one that's going to probably be a direct feed line into the Flemington Carnival. It'll be the last race we look at here. Saracen Knight had, well, pretty much PR in the run. Jamie Carr settled him in a beautiful spot and uh, continues his winning ways. Was there much on the clock with, with this race or any, any horses in behind that we can we can follow outside of the winner? Uh, if, if someone offered to um, sell you one of those horses, I wouldn't be in a hurry to buy it. <laughs> wouldn't, not, wouldn't, wouldn't sell your house. Um, <laughs> It, this was such a slow race. So this was uh, I got two races wrong. Well, I've got to tell you, I told you why I got it all wrong. We wrong from a, a horse that I was keen on that didn't win, and the horse that I wasn't that keen on that did win. That the market was with Saracen Knight. And 
then the clock came out and it worked out why because just nothing behind did anything and he's like you're not going to be improving as an eight year old. Yeah. He's been a, been a bit of a warrior. He switched switched tables from Danny to Lloyd and then back to Danny and they'd be delighted. But uh, this was very slow, so I'd be very very careful of the form from that turn of power going forward. Okay, so we'll keep an eye. So probably one of the horses to follow. Well, who would who do you think would be one of the horses to follow? You would say out of that meeting from Saturday, potentially moving forward into. Cox Plate Carnival and then maybe into the Flemington Carnival. Uh, well, yeah, let's make it nice and simple. Benno, yep. Adamo, and, uh, and um, Paul Ernie and the, the Manicano. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, and uh, we've got a meeting on Wednesday. It's a Thousand Guineas meeting. I know you were sort of on the flip fence with uh, She's Lickety Split. Boogie Dancer now the clear favourite in that Thousand Guineas. Uh, one I wanted to ask about, and look... <sighs> Not too sure if this flight stakes is going to hold up, but I think it should. But North Star Lass, have you done anything on her and, and anything on this thousand guineas market from from uh, from Monday from Monday night? Uh, not really, because I'm a, that's my task tomorrow. So yeah, I've got a bit of it. Uh, yeah, the winner on Sunday was terrific, but yeah, the rest of them weren't much. So yeah, um, I'd be uh, I'd be surprised if I don't land with Boogie Dancer, but um, but yeah, I'll. Uh, I'll, I'll that's it. All right. Well, keep an eye out for that. Uh, you, you've got a Wednesday set that's going to come out on racetrackralphie.com.au. Uh, I will. I will. Yep. I'll do. Uh, I'll do a sort of cheap version without all the write-ups because I just yep. haven't physically got the time. But yep. uh, but no, it's going to be a fantastic uh, week as racing as well, and hopefully Sydney get a bit of luck with their weather because it's been horrendous there, and they deserve it for the Everest because it really is such a such a great race now in this rain calendar. Yep. Beautiful. Uh, well, we'll talk to you on. Uh, we'll we'll tee something up on Friday because it's uh, that preview of this weekend is going to be huge. Ralphie Caulfield Cup this weekend, of course, and uh, well, the Everest Nature Strip a dollar ninety favourite. But we know as of last week, you were you were tipping uh, Mask Crusader in the Everest, well, and I, I think he's uh, going to run really well if, yep. if they get a bit of luck with the weather. I think he's going to run similar to what he did last year, and there wasn't much between them then, was yeah. it? I know. I know the Hawks. I think Wayne Hawks was on SEN uh, earlier this morning declaring it basically. Said Mars Crusader will win the Everest, so we know right, so we know what I'm he's done. like. He, he, he's he's not he's not one afraid of uh, making outlandish statements, is he? <laughs> well, well, Wayne and I have been mates for a very long time since we were both teenagers at Caulfield, and he uh, he's, he's very shy. He's just getting over the insiders, but he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he uh, he doesn't mind letting rip. And so the little secret there, Paul, is that. He's happy to do that with the Sydney horses where he's not in charge for them. <laughs> he, he would never make a big statement about a horse in his Melbourne stable, but up in Sydney, he puts all the pressure on Michael. I know how he works. <laughs> well, you can't beat characters in the game, mate. That's uh, it. Exactly. Uh, make sure you go on to your stuff there, racetrackralphie.com.au is where you can find all your handiwork. You and Vince doing a, a great job, so... Hopefully we can find some uh, some winners on Wednesday and then some winners uh, coming into Saturday. Big one coming up, mate. Pleasure doing it with you again. Good morning, mate. Anytime. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.